Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. All right, hello, hello, everyone. Today, I'm so excited because we have Megan McWilliams on the podcast. She is a personal trainer who is so much more than that. If you have, if you follow her on Instagram or like, you know, keep up with her entrepreneurship journey, you know that she is helping women truly change and shift their mindset around their bodies. And it is so inspiring to watch. So Megan, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you. You make me sound so cool. (laughs) (laughs) You are so cool. Um, And I can't wait to dive into all all the things you're up to. Um, So I always just kind of like to start, can you just tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do and um, where you are in your entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, definitely. Um, This is always a hard question for me because I'm somebody who doesn't like to talk about herself. I'm like, I want to take care of you. Let's talk about you. (laughs) But I, yes, I'm a personal trainer. I've been doing this for about, um, oh my gosh, like four years now. And I'm somebody that just came from a place where I didn't think I had, you know, the ability to be a trainer. I thought I didn't have the personality or um, that I was tough enough or whatever. And really found out that a lot of people don't want that. They want to be taken care of. They want to be supported. A lot of us um, already struggle with like being uncomfortable going to the gym or, you know, uh, lifting weights or talking about our bodies or even just like being in our bodies. So once I kind of found that little bit of a niche and just like this passion for diving into that and like taking care of my people in that way, I just kind of like it kind of spiraled and I am obsessed with what I do. I'm obsessed with everyone I work with. And I literally, if I could work 24 seven, I would, if there was a way to do that, I would totally do that. Um, But yeah, so I've been doing this for four years full time um, and I just opened up my own space. So up until now I have been, you know, working for myself, but working out of somebody else's studio and I kind of just was like, you know what? I could probably, I could probably do this by myself. I could probably uh, be a boss on my own. And so we're pretty new into that part of my journey. But um, it's very exciting. It's very scary. It's all the things. But again, I love it. I love like being uncomfortable. It's like the best worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I can definitely see how you help people um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> for a living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm just curious, like how you kind of decided, where did your interest in fitness kind of begin? Then kind of how did it evolve into like a deeper purpose? Um. Okay. I have so many beginnings. So 
First of all, I, which is funny because I just had this conversation um, today, but I um, worked at a gym when I was 15. I literally, it was the first job I ever had. And I had to like beg my parents to let me get this job. And I just worked in the childcare, um, just whatever the area, but um, I was around <laughs> the fitness world. I was working in the gym I was at for like five years. And at that time, everybody that trained was like super hardcore. They were like, if you, you know, don't almost throw up at the end of your session, you're not working hard enough. And being someone from the Midwest, like, you know, weight was a super, you know, um, big focus. And so it just, that was just in my head that like something fell off, but I also still had a passion around it. So that kind of fell off. And then um, probably, so I moved out to Denver uh, four years ago. And when I did that, I was like on a, on kind of like a journey of working in an MLM and like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I learned so much, um, from it, but like now that is a space that I'm not a part of anymore. Um, but that honestly, like gave me this weird sense of like false confidence, which like you kind of need when you start your own business, no matter what it is, you just kind of need to jump and be like, Oh, I'm going to be successful. It's fine. Otherwise you'll just talk yourself out of everything. So I um, was working with them. It, I ended up kind of letting that side go. But in the process, I kind of just like stumbled upon getting certified. One day I met with a friend and we were getting coffee and she was like, do you want to get certified? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's just do this together. So again, everything kind of just like oddly spiraled. Um, and where, I, you know, I don't know where it shifted though. Um, I would say like, I am somebody again where, I always want to challenge myself. I always want to kind of try to take the next step. So if I start to get really comfortable in something, all of a sudden I'm like, mm, this is a little too easy. Like, what can we do next? How can I challenge myself? What, like, what do I need to do? And I think in that process of continuing to like learn all the time, I just started to learn more um, and listen more to my people. And without either saying it or with them saying it, you know, almost every woman I came across one of the things that they would start to say is they'd either have like a ton of negative self-talk or they would walk in and say, Hey, like, just so you know, I do struggle with um, like disordered eating tendencies and stuff like that. And so that pattern started to make me realize that, you know, we don't need just to get like our butts kicked. We need somebody that's there. That's going to be kind and take us through the process in like a, a consistent, slow, safe, manageable way. So it kind of, yeah, everything just spiraled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like it happened super organically. Um, how, I mean, I can imagine that you would see that in so many of the women that you work with, um, that most of them probably, is that true? Like most of them yeah. have some past, uh, like struggle yeah. with their body <laughs> and, oh, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and did, did that come from like, did you have experience with that? And that's how you help others or just like, can you talk about how, how do you not fall into that um, mentality of like obsessing over your body as a woman? Yeah, it's hard. Um, so I, I would say I have a very light experience with it. Um, I never, not okay. I don't want to say never, but I, I definitely dabbled in different um, diet. So I was somebody back in the day where I would try like the tea toxes because I thought, you know, oh, I can make that happen in 10 days. I would work out every single day and think that that was the way I was going to, you know, get into this like dream body. Um, I, w I like literally one time wore a waist trainer to my old job and it was so crunchy 
and the office was so quiet that I couldn't like stop and go to the bathroom throughout my day because I was so nervous someone was going to hear me take it off. So with like these like awkward, uncomfortable experiences um, and mixed with like just high, I find that I am a really, I like to take data in. So when I'm talking to somebody, when I'm like kind of like being in somebody's presence, I want to just absorb everything about them, like their mannerisms. How do they speak? How do they feel? How are they motivated? When are they frustrated? And somehow that tends to like bring this larger set of data for me to to work with. So it's kind of a mix of both things, but um, like, I mean, it's, you're going to almost have a harder time finding someone that doesn't have past trauma with, um, and, and trauma feels like a, a strong word. It doesn't have to be um, super strong, but, you know, just something that in our past where, you know, maybe our, our parents or a friend or a family member said something one time and it stuck with us. And now we're afraid to eat, you know, a piece of bread or, you know, somebody said something and now we don't wear bathing suits um, in public. So it can be such a small thing, but so many of us have that and we don't actually address it. We kind of just think that that's normal. And yeah. um, that just kind of became something that I felt really passionate about because yeah, that's and- not okay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How how do you help women kind of overcome that? I mean, how what are some tools that like you uh you kind of help them access? Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit different for everybody, but one thing that I I try to do again is just create a really safe space. So again, if somebody has worked with a trainer before and all they were given was like negative reinforcement and um yelled at all the time and like you know, push beyond their comfort, just me giving them a safe space to say like, it's okay if you don't finish all your reps. It's okay if you go um, lower on your weight today. It's okay if we stop early because you were just exhausted. Like this again is a safe space. And the point isn't to give a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. Um, And a lot of us just need to be told that it's okay, you know, to like be where you are. Um, And, you know, like something as simple as just me being that kind voice, even if it's for 30 minutes, um, where, you know, I, there's um, a girl I work with that she is awesome and she crushes every single workout. Like she comes in and she does give a hundred percent. And the other day I said something like, oh my gosh, you're doing awesome. Like that was so awesome. And she stopped and she was like, no one's ever, like I've worked with many trainers and no one's ever said you're doing a good job during my workout. And I was like, that's not okay. (laughs) So um, yeah, like little things like that and just kind of helping build small sustainable habits versus us going you know continuing the mindset that like you have to give everything up you have to cut out certain types of food um like starting to take away that big scary monster of what we think health and wellness and fitness is that kind of will just spiral again into like this bigger thing where we no longer fear a lot of those um aspects but it's so hard to put it into one or like a, a short list because it's going to look different for everyone. But those are like little things that you can do or I'll do, you know, every day that I try to help um, shift that mindset that we have. Yeah, that's so powerful. Do you see, do you see um, a difference kind of in that helping the motivation of your, the women you work with? Like, it, does it help them want to come back, you know? And why do you think that is, if so? Um, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, we still are going to have, you know, days that we struggle or, you know, don't feel like showing up. But 
for the most part, I think that's one way that I at first didn't recognize it, but now see it or uh, just because I've been doing this as long as I have. But um, a lot of people stay with me for a really long time. I have clients that I've worked with for, um, I mean, three, four years now. And sure, I could say that I make like the coolest workouts ever and <laughs> they keep coming back for that. But I really do think it's just, I do kind of hold a space for them that they may not get somewhere else. And that's a lot of times what we want is just, we want to be held accountable, but also supported. Um, so like in that way, I notice it a ton. Um, other ways, just seeing them improve through their workouts. I'll, I try to do where I record them um, through their workouts as long as they're comfortable. And I always ask if they're comfortable first. Um, but, you know, I'll record a movement and then I'll record it again a couple months later. And there's just like a level of confidence that I notice that it's not tangible. You know, you can't explain it. But if you were to look at those videos, you're like, wow, you look like you you're kicking it. You are a badass here. Hopefully I can swear. I'm sorry. Yes, um, of course. <laughs> so you can just kind of see that difference in like their confidence and their posture and their comfort with their movements and everything like that. So there, yeah, there are definitely ways that I notice people changing and shifting through, through working together. That's And incredible. they get stronger. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely <laughs> think um, like, through my own lifting journey um, over the years, just when you feel like you have a, a a safe space, it makes it more comfortable to come back. And then you can really, when you have someone reminding you, like, look at how much stronger you're getting. That is, that is insanely powerful. So yeah, yeah. super cool. And like, you talk a lot of, on, um, I follow you on Instagram. Love everything you put out because uh, I feel like you're shifting the conversation around food for women as well. I think so that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of misconceptions out there um, and like uh, jaded relationships with food for women. So, can you talk a little bit about just like, how, some of the common things that people maybe um, the common misconceptions when it comes to like your relationship with food and how you help have helped women overcome that. Yeah. Um, so food is, is such a hard one. It is something that uh, first of all, when I meet with people, I've, I've gotten to the point where I really tiptoe around the subject at first because there are certain situations. And again, to people that don't experience this every day, this may sound extreme, but um, there are women that, or men too, that do struggle with actual eating disorders. So when I start the conversation about food with anyone that I come in contact with, I try to be really, really mindful of that just because mm -hmm. I would rather it be thoughtful or thought of more than me kind of ignore it completely and somebody, again, not feel supported. So I think it needs to just be more of a conversation and more part of the conversation in general because, you know, no matter what level at which it's happening, we still, a lot of us have, um, have that and have unhealthy relationships with food. So, you know, I, I, I am very careful when I talk about it, but in general, there are things that you can do that kind of regardless of your relationship, I just want to be part of 
the side that says it's okay for you to kind of, you know, you can, you can eat whatever you want. And, you know, if your only goal or if your largest goal is to lose weight, that's something you need to kind of talk to yourself or look into a little bit further because that's not, that's not the only thing. And that's not what we're here for. And I get it. Like I get, we have goals that we want to meet, but it's, that's such a, you know, hard surface level, um, something we've been taught that we're supposed to care about more than we really, really should be. So that is, it's such a, it's such a big conversation. But um, for me, for example, if I am talking to somebody about nutrition, the first thing before I say anything about um, calories or macros or don't eat this, don't eat that type things, I'm always like, first of all, are you drinking water every day? Are you eating two to three vegetables every day? Are you, um, you know, do you notice that you're actually having protein sources in your meals? Are you sleeping, I don't know, seven to eight hours a night? If you can't say yes to all of those things, then doing anything beyond, like literally anything beyond that is just not realistic. Um, You may be able to, or may want to stick and try, stick with or try a new diet, but that's kind of where we end up hitting that that little bit of yo-yoing where we we start there, we realize it's too much, it's overwhelming, or, you know, it's triggering for us. And then we fall off and then we get really frustrated with ourselves. But if you're not taking care of those basics first, then you're not really giving yourself a chance to be successful and, and be kind to yourself about it, to be able to take those next steps after once you get that in motion and, and really set up. So that's such a hard one, but everybody I start with, if we even talk about nutrition at all, and I do have um, have people that I, I end up sending or suggesting they work with somebody specific with eating disorders. Um, but if we're in a place that we're comfortable to talk about it, I start there. And the moment that mm. we can progress beyond that, then we can start to look at, at food a little bit more specifically. But it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I noticed that like, and not just food, but food is obviously like part of the whole wellness equation. Um, but I've just noticed that like in your work, you, you talk so much more about, it's so much deeper than appearance. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how you kind of, do you see, do you find that people come to you a lot kind of focused on appearance and how do you shift that if so, to like a greater, um, desire for overall wellness? Yeah, almost everybody does, honestly. Um, well, mm-hmm. to be fair, it's, it's a good mix. So somebody that's, that's suggested to me or finds me randomly, if you will, that is almost always the goal. Um, somebody that finds my Instagram, the opposite is where they say, oh, actually, I'm really looking for somebody that specifically does what you do. So that opens up a lot more of a comfortable conversation. But um, again, I just really like absorb where they are. So I, again, start where I don't really say much of anything. And I just let them feel their feelings and validate where they are. And that, you know, we all start somewhere and you're perfect where you are, but it's okay to have goals as well. So I don't want anyone to feel like they can't want to you know, change, but I want your goals to be coming from a a good place. So if someone comes in and says, you know, I want to lose 30 pounds because 
X or Y. Um, I typically just don't engage a ton. And I just continue to ask like, well, do you have any goals beyond that? Is there anything else that's really important to you? Sometimes or often somebody will say, you know, my back has been hurting a ton or, you know, I have this like discomfort through my shoulder or I just feel like my core is not super strong. And then I'll start to kind of fixate on those things. And I'll say, well, those are things that we can absolutely work on. And in the process, we can also become stronger and feel more confident and enjoy moving our body and enjoy the process overall. Is that something that would feel good, you know, to feel? And, and almost every time they're like, well, yeah, I didn't really think about that, but yeah. And so I'm just, you know, I do my best to shift the conversation as comfortably as possible. Um, because I also know people sometimes aren't ready for that conversation and, you know, I don't want to force anything. So we just like find where they're at and, and start the conversation there. Yeah, that, that makes me wonder then like with this work that you do with these women, I'm, you're obviously doing this work on yourself too, and always, always, um, tuned into your mindset around your relationship with your body and, um, you know, your relationship with health and wellness. So how does, how does all of that kind of translate into helping you run a business, um, and, and being an entrepreneur? Oh, it's hard. Um, so I go in phases and I think the biggest thing that I try to tell other or everyone else, I struggle to do myself, which is like giving myself grace and being kind to myself. And of course I would love to say that I'm perfect all the time. And that's why like, I'm such a great example and great at what I do, but I think (laughs) the struggle and the challenge and feeling these things myself helps me then understand where other people are as well. So I, you know, I do my best to like move my body and eat foods that make my body feel good and that energize me. But there are times where that's just, I don't want to say not an option, but it's just not my top priority. So, you know, I just try to check in with myself as much as possible and just be aware that, you know, right now, especially as I am in this new space, physical space, and we were going through construction. I, you know, I was getting maybe five hours of sleep every night because I was literally painting and scraping floors and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I just would make sure that I would check in and say, you know, this isn't permanent. First of all, this is an idea, but what are things that you can control? Well, you can tr- control how much water you're drinking, or, you know, if you do need something quick to eat because you're too tired to make food, can we find something that has some protein in it that has some energy sources in there. So like for me, I, I work really well on carbs. So, you know, just kind of paying attention to the things again, that I'm aware of and know that will make me feel really good. Um, sleep is huge for me. If I don't get enough sleep, I am cranky. So Mm -hmm. when I lose that sleep, I really have to compensate in other places, but I'm definitely somebody that I put everybody else before myself. And I think in some ways you, you kind of have to in your business, but definitely not, um, not always and not, not as much as I do for sure. Like I can say, I could tell somebody else not to do what I do easily. Um, but it's a challenge for sure. And I'm somebody that'll be very honest about, um, my, my balance of taking care of myself and taking care of my business is sometimes off. Do you do your best? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, so huge that like, I appreciate your transparency because I think 
if anyone thinks that it's just like the balance is easy, um, sure. they're like kind of delusional because, um, but I love the way that you put it of just checking in and saying, okay, but what can I control right now? Because it's like the seasons of entrepreneurship that I've realized after, and I'm sure you have after doing this for four years, and I've been doing this for three, is really seeing that it re- there really are seasons. Like sometimes you'll be going through a period where like you building your own studio um, and getting that ready. It's just remembering that this is not permanent. My life coach gave me this beautiful advice of just like when I'm, I'm, when I'm in those seasons, I'm like, I want to get out of it so bad and keep prioritizing all of those practices that I know make me feel good, but sometimes just are not realistic. And so what can I do right now? And also just remembering, like telling yourself, I'm just still in this season and, and that's okay. Like we don't always have to be in a season where everything feels super balanced. Um, and where we're, yeah. Do you, I mean, I will say for myself, I, and again, I, I like to be uncomfortable, so I have to kind of gauge it that way, but I'm probably more in a season of discomfort than I am in balance. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's where I also, I preach this to other people. So, you know, taking that on myself as well is really important. But if you're like, you're saying you're always hoping for, or waiting for that season or that, that time of balance where everything's kind of all lined up. So then now I can start my health journey or now I can start moving my body or now I can change my life. You know, that's, that's not realistic at all. And it's, it's most likely not going to happen and it'll just get pushed off. So, you know, again, taking those small steps in whatever way, whether it's for your business or for, you know, your health and wellness is going to get you so much further. And you're going to, you're going to actually start to get more in a balanced space if you're doing it when you are in chaos, basically, at least that's what I noticed. No, I love that. I, it made me think like the power of kind of, and kind of looking small, celebrating the small victories of like, even just taking five minutes at the end of your day to be like, oh, I, you know, I, I didn't get any, when you're feeling like I didn't get anything done, I'm in this season of just like total chaos. Wait, but I actually like, I, I went on a walk today or, um, I, I ate a healthy meal today, or, um, I took this one step towards this goal, um, that it, cause sometimes it just feels like, you know, we're going, going, but not actually getting anything done. So just taking like a few minutes to reflect each day on the small victories towards the things that we want can be super powerful. Oh, absolutely. And especially if you're somebody that struggles with negative self-talk, um, you you could sit all day in a space of, I didn't do enough. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. have days like that where I'll just, I'll get a ton done, but it won't be enough. And, and I'll focus on that when really, if I'm even just focusing on one small thing that feels good, then, you know, my cup starts to fill back up again very quickly. So that's, that's also something I, I do my best, um, like mental health wise to always check in with, because I, I am very grateful for everything I have and everything I'm doing. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to forget that at all. Yeah. How do you kind of, I mean, does it look different each day or do you set aside time to like, I'm going to just have five minutes of reflection every day or, um, you know, how does that look for you? Um, for me, it's, it's different every day, but 
I recognize when I'm in my moments now, which it it sounds Mm. goofy to like explain it, but something as simple. um, And I started doing this, honestly, the first year I was in business, I traveled, I would drive to a client that was, I don't know, she lived like 30, 40 minutes away. It was quite a distance, but I remember the first day that I kind of had my moment of reflection, if you will, where I was just, and I was again, newer in Colorado, Um, But I was driving home from her session. She had done an awesome job. Like I just felt so fulfilled. And then I'm like looking at the mountains and I'm listening to like Fleetwood Mac. And it just was a moment where I was like, instead of looking at myself and thinking this is goofy, I want to actually embrace this feeling because this is literally why I do what I do and like why I love my, my job so much. And so I try to have like those moments often and those are fun for me. So I'll be like driving or listening to music or something. And I'll just start to feel like, like sometimes it'll be like goosebumps or just, I just feel full. And so that tends to, again, fill my cup up, make me, you know, put me in a better mood. And um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun one for me. (laughs) I love that. Um, I was writing about this the other day of sometimes with mindfulness and meditation, it's really easy to overcomplicate it. And um, sometimes it's just as simple as what it sounds like you're doing here, which is just stop the doing and just be like literally be presence, take yourself out of the future, out of the past. And just like right now, what am I feeling? And that sounds exactly like just noticing the mountains. It's like, we live in this beautiful place. And sometimes we forget that, like how just noticing those can be, bring us back to like that fulfillment. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. No doubt. I love it so much. I definitely want to talk about your new studio because that is a huge step in entrepreneurship to like own a freaking space. Can you talk about what that experience has been like, but also how you made that decision and how you like lean into those big decisions? Um, Because it can be hard as an entrepreneur to like, how did you know it was right? I guess. Um, I didn't. Uh, fun fact I didn't uh so I think it's such a funny thing that I actually do have a physical space because and I wish I could remember the people that I've I've said these words to and because I up to this point have said I oh my gosh I would never have my own space it doesn't make sense for my business what I'm doing right now is exactly what I want and I wouldn't want that responsibility and you know all these things and and again like things can change so quickly with where you're at in your business or where you're in, where you're at in your mindset. And I don't know if that came from a place of being afraid or if I literally just didn't think I, it made sense. But um, especially with COVID, I just started to notice that um, everybody that I, I'm working with, they, they want a private space. They want to feel again, safe. This is just in a different way now um, when we're working together. And um, I had that, but I didn't have the flexibility in my schedule. And the location was a little bit further than I ideally wanted to go to, especially because my husband and I um, were both self-employed and he works, or I'm sorry, we share a car. So logistically, it just made sense for me to start looking. And um, this location in Platte Park, um, this building, I had looked at another space in her building a couple months ago with somebody else. And I was going to go and open it up with another person. And he just couldn't, he couldn't like, find, I don't know, he just didn't like the space. Um, And so we kind of went back and forth. And one day I, I went back to her and I just asked her if it was still available. 
And she ended up having a second space available that was closer in my budget. Um, it has way better light. It, it was a more manageable size for me. And it kind of, it literally, I mean, it happened within a day. And, and apparently this is how I make huge life decisions. I just do them on a whim. Um, but it, it really did just, it happened so naturally. And I have been really lucky to have that happen in general with my business often. Um, so again, like I look back and even a couple months ago when my partner or the, the person I was going to open the space with, you know, there was so much um, hesitation. And now I can look back and say like, oh, okay, that energy makes sense for where I'm at now. Because right now I just, you know, I am almost to the point of closing my books at least for an, a, a month or two, because I'm like at my capacity. And that's something that I know I wow. wouldn't have been able to do if I would have just stayed in a safe, comfortable, you know, space that wasn't my own. So again, I like to be uncomfortable. Story of my life. Let's do it. (laughs) No, that's incredible. How, I mean, but how do you, it's not people's natural instinct and maybe you feel like it is for you, but um, to, to go towards the uncomfortable, I guess. Um, And to, and to go uh, step into that uh, space. So how, how do you, how do you, um, what would your advice be to someone to like, get used to the uncomfortable, get used to being uncomfortable? Like, why is it important? Um, great question. I would say, I I think it depends on the person. Um, I think there are a lot of people that, that thrive in comfortable situations. And if you are somebody that enjoys, where you are in that space, I would say there it's, it's not necessary, but if you're somebody who either is an entrepreneur or does want to be an entrepreneur, there's a part of you already that is a little risky. And I think that, you know, you have to just take some chances and, and grow in those moments and not be afraid to fail. And those all sound so cliche, but it's so true. And when I first started something as simple as I was afraid to be on camera and I still, even like jumping on today, what are we three, four years down the line? I, you know, will stop and second guess myself because sometimes, you know, my brain will go too fast and I'll, you know, stutter or I'll mix up my words or I'll say, um, too many times. And so I get in my own head about these things that really like, okay, worst case, what happens? So you, so you do mm-hmm. stutter or you say the wrong thing or whatever, you know, is that really life-changing? No you know, are you going to get a lot further and are you going to get a lot more comfortable if you just do the scary thing and then do it again and then do it again and then it becomes less scary mm-hmm. um, and then you get comfortable and then you also build confidence because now it's like, oh yeah, I conquered that. I can now go on to the next thing that scares the crap out of me and let's conquer that too. So it's kind of a level of um, taking control and not letting, you know, your fears or your why this isn't going to work or why you're going to fail. Um, overrun you otherwise you're you are going to just stay in a comfortable space and you know is that where you want to be that's fair if it is but I just I like to grow I like to learn I like to see what I can do so uncomfortable is the process part of the process for sure yeah I think what it's making me I'm seeing like this connection between like your entrepreneurship journey and like being in the uncomfortable and also uh you know, your, the work that you do, um, helping like fitness and helping women with their mindset towards their bodies. 
And something that comes up a lot in meditation is this unconditional love for yourself to where like, if I take this risk in business and I, and I fail, I still love myself anyways, you know? So like it's, you get more comfortable with being uncomfortable and same with like, you know, your, your fitness goals, no matter what, no matter what my results are, I'm still going to show up. I love myself anyways, kind of thing. So do you, do you see that connection? Like, do you feel that in the work that you do? Oh, absolutely. And I think like it's, it, it is unconditional, but it also is like, again, even when you, and this is again, just how my brain works. But even when you say that and you're like, you know, I love myself regardless, my brain's like, yeah, but part of it too, is that not just regardless as if there's some like negative outcome that's going to happen, but like Mm. you, you love yourself and then period. You know, because again, we have all these thoughts in our head that we're going to fail or we're not going to look how how we're told we're supposed to look or we're not going to be this or that or people aren't going to love us or something, you know, like all these deep things that terrify us. But really, you know, you get uncomfortable, find out it's really not a bad thing. And then you just find that love and that confidence with yourself. And then period, you know, like, it's, yes, but it's it's hard. No conditions. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I truly feel that like through entrepreneurship, the so much that holds us back is it, everything that holds us back is fear related, you know? So Absolutely. the opposite of that truly is just, you know, Doing love it. for myself, period. And the fear will not hold me back kind of thing. So yeah. I love that. Absolutely. So what... What keeps you so passionate um, and coming back after four years? <laughs> like, how do you, because I can just hear it in your voice that you just freaking love what you do. How do you, how do you keep that passion alive? Um, great, <laughs> great question again. Mm-hmm. It's so, so, I mean, there are definitely days where it's harder or I'm tired or I'm, you know, stressed out. But again, the constant level of appreciation for what I get to do. And um, I'm definitely somebody who just likes to continue to learn. So it really is something that it never is going to kind of flatline. And I think that is something that's really exciting for me. You know, every day I can show up and I could post something and have somebody new that, you know, I get to connect with, or, you know, I could come across somebody in person that I get to connect with, or I can learn a new technique that I can utilize with a client that maybe is either struggling or that would just really love this. Um, Just stuff like that. I just, it, it is a little, it's the same thing every day. Like, of course, something simple as I just walk in and I help people, you know, pick things up and put them down. But really, it's just, it's exciting. Like, because I can, I can have something new to share or new to learn or um, find somebody that I, I think could really be supported or whatever it is. I think we're, we always are going to need that. And I also think um, the idea of abundance is just something that keeps me forever excited um, because the moment, you know, again, I become or feel like things are mundane or, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I think it's a point of 
maybe more so a scarcity mindset that like this is all that there is there's nothing more but if I'm thinking about like no there's everything there's literally anything there's everything I could do whatever I want and I want to be doing this um that keeps me excited every day (laughs) that is so great and such a powerful tool for people to reflect on I think is just asking themselves that like if I could be doing anything in the world and I would still choose this, like yeah. that is, that is so powerful. And, um, in entrepreneurship, like that's, what's so beautiful is that sometimes I think we fall, we, it's easy to fall into thinking that like we must do the thing, but then remembering, Oh wait, we're in this, we chose this path so that we can continually choose, you know, how we spend our days. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then it's so much better when it's your, your own space. Like that's something that I'm learning now that this, having this new part of the adventure for me was a a way for me to kind of re-spark, not that it was gone, but just to maybe spark it even more or get excited even more in a different way because it is still new. And, you know, I do Mm -hmm. get to like go there and it's just mine and I don't have to worry about scheduling or literally anything. That's really exciting. I do love that. That's amazing. Um, So I guess what's one thing that you like the work that you do, like what kind of, what kind of legacy or (laughs) legacy is a very dramatic word. (laughs) But um, how do you, how do you, how do you hope to, you know, impact people in your day-to-day work? Um, I think something like this, a small thing that I wish everybody would keep in mind or think about would be just finding more kindness for ourselves in the most basic form. Um, and just taking care of yourself and, and being, being kind. Um, but if we want to talk about business or, um, growing, I would say getting comfortable with being uncomfortable if that's something that you, you want to grow in. So I give you two. (laughs) I love both of those so much being kind to yourself. That's, that's great. Um, I feel like everyone could use more of that, especially women. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. How can people find you and work with you? Um, because I definitely, um, I, I know you're about to be like fully booked up. So (laughs) how can people jump on that? Um, Yeah. So I find the easiest way and the most fun way to connect is Instagram. So my Instagram is Meg with two G's, the letter M underscore fitness is me. And I like to post um, workouts and hopefully inspirational things. And I also, I'm just super real. I don't, I don't do the filter life. So if you enjoy that type of stuff, um, yeah. I, I love to connect with new people. Absolutely. Amazing. Yes. I love it. You just are a wealth of knowledge um, and like wisdom insight um, on, on Instagram. So I definitely recommend everyone go follow, go follow Megan. Megan, thank you so, so much for doing this. Um, I can't wait for people to hear this. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I love talking to you. Thank you guys so, so freaking much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast 
and uh, leave a review. Share to your social media sites if you enjoyed this podcast um, because we are new, obvi, and want to get out the word out there to all the people. If you think someone would enjoy this podcast, shoot them a text, send them a DM, um, and share the, share the podcast with them. Okay, I'm rambling, but thank you guys. It warms my heart knowing that there are humans out there listening to this. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you so much.